Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be regarding Helaman chapter 7. So now we've in the story, we've got uh, Lehi and Nephi that have been preaching the gospel, and lots of Lamanites are being converted. In fact, they're so converted, now they're teaching some of the wayward Nephites. And uh, we have uh, lots of people that have traveled to the north area, north countries. And so uh, let's go ahead and get into this chapter then. Verse 1, Behold, now it came to pass in the sixty and ninth year, so this is about 23 B.C., in the reign of the judges over the people of the Nephites, that Nephi, the son of Helaman, returned to the land of Zarahemla from the land northward. So Nephi is returning back home. Uh, verse 2, For he had been forth among the people who were in the land northward, and did preach the word of God unto them, and did prophesy many things unto them. And they did reject all his words, insomuch that they could not stay among them, but returned again unto the land of his nativity. And seeing the people in a state of such awful wickedness, and those Gadianton robbers filling the judgment seats, so the Gadianton robbers have taken over the government pretty much, have, have usurped the power and authority of the land, laying aside the commandments of God, and not in the least a right before him, doing no justice unto the children of men. Remember that uh, Elder, Elder uh, President Benson said that uh, these chapters of Helaman are similar to what's going to happen prior to the second coming, so uh, this may be how our government gets, uh, gets torn up. Elder McConkie said that the Gadianton robbers would infest every nation. These events are similar to what is happening in our day. Verse 5, condemning the righteous because of their righteousness, letting the guilty and the wicked go unpunished because of their money, and moreover to be held in office at the head of the government to rule and do according to their wills that they might get gain and glory of the world, and moreover that they might the more easily commit adultery and steal and kill and do according to their own wills. This is the overthrow of civilization. They are overthrowing the Ten Commandments as the basis for law. Verse 6, Now this great iniquity had come upon the Nephites in the space of not many years, and when Nephi saw it, his heart was swollen with sorrow within his heart. Elder Packer said, I have come to believe that this is worth knowing, not only for teachers, but for everyone. If you get a little depressed during those dreary days, do not begin to think that you're psycho something or other. For missionaries, this was well worth knowing. Occasionally, a missionary told me in, in an interview, I'm not doing very well. I just seem to be depressed and discouraged. Unless there was an unusual reason for these feelings, my answer was, well, I'm glad to hear that. At least now we know that you're normal. Enjoy the feeling. It probably won't last. And the funny and the first sunny day will do wonders for it. We know from the Book of Mormon that there must be opposition, for it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. It helps a great deal if we realize that there is a certain healthy element in getting the blues occasionally. It is quite in order to schedule a, a good, discouraging, depressing day every now and then. And again, just for contrast. Uh, continuing verse 6, and he did, he did exclaim in the agony of his soul, Oh, that I, could have been, that I could have had my days in the days when my father Nephi first came out of the land of Jerusalem, that I could have joyed with him in the promised land. Then were his people easy to be entreated. I think Nephi would probably have, have disagreed with this. Abraham was also a stranger in a strange land. Uh, continuing verse 7, Firm to keep the commandments of God and slow to be led to do iniquity, and they were quick to hearken unto the words of the Lord. Yea, if my days could have been in those days, then they 
Then would my soul have had joy in the righteousness of my brethren. But behold, I am consigned that these are my days. Elder Maxwell said, like Alma, who wished for a trumpet-like voice of an angel, we too need to understand our motivations and limitations. Even so, let us use well the season in which we serve. Tolkien put it eloquently, yet it is not our part to master all the tides of the world, but to do what is in us for the succor of those years wherein we are set, uprooting the evil in the fields that we know, so that those who live after may have clean earth to till. What weather they shall have is not ours to rule. Nephi wished nostalgically, he'd lived in a different time, yet finally concluded, but behold, I am consigned that these are my days. Like Alma, he no doubt realized that he should not desire more than to perform the work to which he had been called. Faith in God includes faith in his wisdom in placing us in our particular time and place, those years wherein we are set. Continuing verse 9, And that my soul shall be filled with sorrow because of this the wickedness of my brethren. And behold, now it came to pass that it was upon a tower, not a ramiumptum, which was in the garden of Nephi, which was by the highway, which led to the chief market, which was in the city of Zarahemla. Therefore Nephi had bowed himself upon the tower, which was in his garden, which tower was also near unto the garden gate by which led the highway. Remember, he's praying here um, and trying to get to answers to his prayers, and he's doing it out loud, apparently, so that passers-by can hear what's being said. Verse 11, And it came to pass that there were certain men passing by and saw Nephi as he was pouring out his soul unto God upon the tower. And they ran and told the people what, ha what they had seen, and the people came together in multitudes that they might know the cause of so great mourning for the wickedness of the people. And now when Nephi arose, he beheld the multitudes of people who had gathered together. And it came to pass that he opened his mouth and said unto them, Behold, why have ye gathered yourselves together, that I may tell you of your iniquities? Yea, because I have got upon my tower, that I might pour out my soul unto my God, because of the exceeding sorrow of my heart, which is because of your iniquities. And because of my mourning and lamentation, ye have gathered yourselves together and do marvel. Yea, and ye have great need to marvel. Yea, ye ought to marvel, because ye are given away that ye are given away that the devil has got so great hold upon your hearts. Yea, how could you have given away to the enticing of him who is seeking to hurl away your souls down to everlasting misery and endless woe? O repent ye, repent ye, will ye, why will ye die? Turn ye, turn ye unto the Lord your God. Why has he forsaken you? It is because you have hardened your hearts. Yea, ye have, ye will not hearken unto the voice of the good shepherd. Yea, ye, ye have provoked him to anger against you. And behold, instead of gathering you, except ye will repent, behold, he shall scatter you, forth that ye shall become meat for dogs and wild beasts. Now, gathering and scattering is a common theme among Israel. Verse 20, Oh, how could you have forgotten your God in the very day that he has delivered you? But behold, it is to get gain, to be praised of men, yea, and that ye might get gold and silver. And ye have set your hearts upon the riches and the vain things of this world, for the which ye do murder and plunder and steal and bear false witness against your neighbor and do all manner of iniquity. And Russell Ballard said, One of Satan's clever tactics is to tempt us to concentrate on the present and ignore the future. The Lord warned Joseph Smith that Satan seeketh to turn their hearts away from the truth, that they become blinded and understand not the things which are prepared for them. The things which are prepared for them are the promised rewards of eternal life, which come as a result of obedience. The devil attempts to blind us to these rewards. President Heber J. Grant said, that if we are faithful in keeping the commandments of God, his promises will be fulfilled to the very letter. The trouble is the adversary of men's souls blinds their minds. He throws dust, so to speak, in their eyes, and they are blinded with the things of this world. 
He tempts us with the transitory pleasures of the world so that we will focus on our minds and efforts on the things that bring, that we will not focus our minds and efforts on the things that bring eternal joy. The devil is a dirty fighter and we must be aware of his tactics. Verse 22, and for this cause, woe shall come upon, woe shall come unto you, except ye shall repent. For if ye will not repent, behold this great city, and also all those great cities which are round about, which are in the land of our possession, shall be taken away, that ye shall have no place in them. For behold, the Lord will not grant unto you strength, as he has hitherto done, to withstand against your enemies. For behold, thus saith the Lord, I will not show unto the wicked of my strength, to one more than the other, save it be unto those who repent of their sins. And hearken unto my words. Now therefore I would that ye should remember, my brethren, that it shall be better for the Lamanites than for you, except ye shall repent. For behold, they are more righteous than you, for they have not sinned against the great this, against that great knowledge which ye have received. Therefore the Lord will be merciful unto them. Yea, he will lengthen out their days and increase their seed. Righteous posterity has ever been the crowning blessing of the faithful. Because of his faithfulness, Abraham received promises concerning his seed that were to continue both in the world and out of the world. Indeed, he, had, he was promised that they would be as innumerable as the stars, or if it were to count, if you were to count the sand upon the seashore, ye could not number them. For those who enter into the new and everlasting covenant of marriage, this promise is yours also, because ye are of Abraham. That was by Millet McConkie. Continuing verse 24, even when thou shalt be utterly destroyed, except thou shalt repent. Yea, woe be unto you because of that great abomination which has come among you, and ye have united yourselves unto it. Yea, to that secret band which was established by Gadian. Yea, woe shall come unto you because of that pride which ye have suffered to enter your hearts, which was lifted up, because, which was lifted up, which was lifted, which has lifted you up beyond that which is good because of your exceedingly great riches. Yea, woe be unto you because of your wickedness and abominations. And except ye repent, ye shall perish. Yea, even your lands shall be taken from you, and ye shall be destroyed from off the face of the earth. Behold, now I do not say that these things shall be of myself, because it is not of myself that I know these things. But behold, I know that these things are true because the Lord God has made them known unto me. Therefore, I testify that they shall be. Orson Pratt said, I felt as though I was not qualified to stand before the people and tell them that the Book of Mormon was a divine revelation and that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God unless I had a stronger testimony than that afforded by ancient prophets. However great my assurance might be, it seemed to me that to know for myself, it required a witness independent of the testimony of others. I sought for this witness. I did not receive it immediately, but when the Lord saw the integrity of my heart and the anxiety of my mind, when he saw that I was willing to travel hundreds of miles for the sake of learning the principles of the truth, he gave me a testimony for myself, which conferred upon me the most perfect knowledge that Joseph Smith was a true prophet, and that this book called the Book of Mormon was in reality a divine revelation, and that God had once more in reality spoken to the human family. What joy this knowledge gave me, no language that I am acquainted with could describe the sensations I experienced when I received a knowledge from heaven of the truth of this work. Joseph F. Smith said, I received a testimony for myself from the Lord of this work, and that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God before I ever saw him, while I resided in the state of New York, given in answer to prayer. I knew him in his lifetime, and know him to have been a great true man and a servant of God. I bear testimony that, the, that these things are true, that the Book of Mormon is true, and that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. There you've had three witnesses right there, Orson Pratt, Joseph F. Smith, and me. I bear testimony to these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you at the next podcast. Share this, like it, and subscribe. See you next time. Bye.